the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Joining us from uh, Washington, D.C. today is Congressman French Hill. He joins us every Wednesday at 7.05, rain or shine. And uh, there's a lot of questions to be asked today. Let me just start off. We just had a story. I've been telling people uh, the truth about this, and now there is a story on about from the Treasury Department saying the checks that people are seeing in their bank accounts today uh, that have direct deposit for the monies that are being deposited by uh, the government, by the Treasury Department, uh, will not be included on next year's tax returns. You're not going to be paying it back. Now, I can't I don't know what the state government is doing. Maybe you can even answer that question, uh, Congressman Hill. But uh, as far as the federal government goes, that's not going to be, uh, you know, going against you tax time next year. Morning, Dave. Uh, that's right. Uh, I, do, I don't know the answer to the uh, state question, but. About 80 million Americans are getting a direct deposit today from the Treasury for the rebates. And I'm so pleased that Secretary Mnuchin moved so quickly. If you have not gotten one by direct deposit, the IRS has set up a very helpful uh, website, irs.gov, and the backslash is, where is my check? That's so it. You can't get you can't get more specific than that. Yeah, yeah and it'll, it'll let you give that information on how to get it direct to bond. Yeah, what they've done is they've they've switched over from uh, what they do at tax time. It, it was irs.gov backslash. You know, where's my refund? And uh, so you could track that and keep uh, track of when you could expect the money to to land in your account. With all of this said, uh, you've got to be happy that this part. Of uh, this was from phase three uh, has gone through, but I'm hearing that the PPP is nearly out of money. It may be out of money by uh, the end of this week. Uh, I think I heard the uh, minority leader talk about this, McCarthy, and and uh, that uh, you all are trying to get something worked up with the Democrats to get about what is a two hundred and fifty billion dollars more available to small businesses in the country. But uh, I think I saw Steny Hoyer said that uh, Democrats not going to be back in Washington till at least May 4th, unless there is an emergency. <coughs> I love that. Unless there is an emergency, as though we're not in emergency status right now. Yeah, I can't see a bigger emergency. So Steny's a master of understatement. Let me tell you what's going on there. Mitch McConnell uh, came to the House, the Senate floor last Thursday and said, let's have $250 billion more for the Small Business Paycheck Protection Program. Let's do that by unanimous consent. Let's not add anything to it. Let's just change the number in the CARES Act to increase it by 250. And Uh Democrats objected. Democrats blocked that bill. Nancy Pelosi in the House and Chuck Schumer in the Senate came out and said, no, 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 we want to have more benefits for SNAP, more benefits for cities, more benefits for 
uh, hospitals. And Mitch McConnell said, look, we just appropriated $2.2 trillion. We haven't even spent the money that we've appropriated. The only thing that we've done that's running over the expectation and faster is the Paycheck Protection Program. So let's keep our focus on that. We'll come back in two weeks or three weeks or a month and assess if we did the proper thing about hospitals, and they still rejected it. Yeah, I've I've been following this pretty doggone closely, uh, Congressman, and it also seems like uh, Pelosi wants bailouts for states like Illinois uh, on their pension programs and stuff. Is, Is that another fly in the ointment? Yes, the CARES Act specifically allowed uh, money to states to help them meet their unexpected, unprecedented COVID-19 expenses. So Arkansas got $1.25 billion to the state for use in the state and local governments here, meaning cities and counties, for those unexpected costs. But it does not address a revenue shortfall. And, of course, in states like Connecticut and Illinois, to name two, who are notoriously poorly managed and have serious debt problems, the Congress didn't want this money going to plug that hole. And they want to plug the hole with it, and so they're willing to hold up small businesses all over the United States. I mean, one program that is working well is the PPP. As of yesterday, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Over a million checks have gone out to small businesses across the United States to keep them in business, and there's still businesses that need help, correct? That's right. Here in Arkansas, 14,800 loans have been approved through yesterday, $2.1 billion, $2.1 billion in Arkansas to small businesses to keep their payrolls going and to keep those folks off the unemployment line and to help those small businesses keep their rent current, keep their insurance premiums current, so that when we get through the pandemic peak in a couple of weeks, they can think about going back to work in May or early June, depending on what kind of business they're in. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And you, you, you use the magic words, going back to work. The president said that May 1st, if not earlier, he hoped to start seeing businesses uh, reopening here in the United States. Uh, as far as the China virus is concerned, you know, what's your take on uh, on all this? I mean, I guess you've got to kind of read the tea leaves like everybody else does by hearing what the president says. Uh, what do you think is going to occur? I believe that... Um the president's right to convene a group of business leaders to talk through the topic. But I do think every business is unique. I think every city is unique. I think people will open up if they can keep their employees safe, give their customers confidence. And even Gavin Newsom, our governor out in California, says the exact same thing, says that California would be moving away from its massive shelter-in-place order to a more individual approach. That's what's coming next. I think all businesses who want to make money, who want to serve their customers, who want to happily employ their employees, are thinking overtime about how to get to work 
safely. And I think that's the direction the president's now going in. And I think it can be done. I think it will be different in every place in the country, but I think it can be done. Is it, Let me just add, pick your your brain a little bit. Is the is the thought in Congress and in the, you know, the executive branch going to be, you know, when we reopen, hot spots are going to pop up. There's no doubt that that will happen. But we will have the necessary information coming in by then that we can react to those hot spots when they do occur. Right. Look, for confidence, I think that um, we need to be able to tell our healthcare professionals, the CEOs of our hospitals, of our clinics, look, there's plenty of PPE. We believe you can operate your facility safely. Don't close your facility just because you're trying to conserve PPE, personal protective equipment. Well, mm-hmm. they haven't had that confidence. And so if we give them that confidence, that will help them. Uh, Likewise, uh, individual companies want to have that same ability they can operate uh, safely. So once people have that, I think that will be aided by broader testing. And every governor is expanding testing uh, massively across the country. So testing, personal hygiene, and adequate PPE allows you to sort of manage those hot spots and begin. Um, and some have suggested, you know, if we when we have massive testing, we'll also know who's uh, got the disease or could be potentially uh, a carrier for the disease, and we can quarantine them instead of quarantining the whole population. Uh, and so I think we'll get more sophisticated as we go forward, and that'll help people go about their daily lives. You know, we've seen a lot of things happen during the the Chinese virus outbreak. We've seen the president cut through a lot of governmental regulations like their butter. Uh, With that uh, said, are we looking at trying to keep things the way they are now so that, you know, uh, in the future when we've got new treatments, new drugs, that it won't take so long to bring them to market, uh, but still have a, a way of safely, uh, you know, uh, making sure that they're going to be safe for the general public? Do we have to go back the way it was or can we make this the new reality? Well, I think it's a wake-up call for the drug development <laughs> effort. Excuse me. Um, in 2016, uh, at the end of the Obama administration, Congress passed the 21st Century Cures Act, which encouraged speedier drug approvals, faster approval, particularly for generic drugs, and reoriented uh, federal research dollars to the diseases and issues that could cause the most harm and most expense to the American family and people. So Congress is on the same page with speedier drug discovery and speedier drug access. Uh, This has certainly given the FDA a wake-up call on that. So I think we will be more streamlined. Naturally, we want to make sure drugs that are used by the public are safe and have passed all those kinds of checks. But if we can shrink that time frame of about 10 years down, uh, we will save more lives. I got to ask you a question about China. Uh, it's becoming very obvious now as you watch the stories in the press, and even they can't rewrite these stories in such a way to make Trump look bad. Uh, it, it it looks as though uh, 
the economies of the world are telling China there's going to be a dear price to pay for lying to us. I'm not saying that they withheld information. I'm telling you that the the head of the Chinese government lied to the world and put us in the position that we are right now because of those lies. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. The reason you do trade with uh, countries that may be your enemy is you figure if they do some trade with you, and they're getting money, and it's helping their people some, but more it's, it's you know, feathering the pocket of the, the politicals and their political system, etc. Your chances of going to war are smaller than if you don't have trade uh, with those countries. So my, my question is, it seems to me you've you got to walk kind of a razor's edge with China. Uh, we want their economy... Uh, to succeed, however, they have got to pay a price for what they've done. Uh, am, am I on the right track on this? Well, look, we've never had a, a country the size of China who integrated completely their economy with the Western free market economic economies and maintains the fact that they're a communist authoritarian dictatorship. The Soviet Union never did that for the 70 years of the Cold War, 60 years of the Cold War. And certainly that hadn't happened in other communist authoritarian governments. They don't integrate. That's Mm -hmm. the challenge. This one has, and it's presented trade problems. It's presented national security problems. And now uh, the leader there, Xi, has decided that China is going to assert itself, be a national security leader in Asia by building a huge navy, building a national security leader in space by competing with the West in space, by dominating trade, stealing information, and the same in cyber and technology. So they've become essentially a rival and a threat instead of this poor, giant, poor company that we were trying to get up to uh, improve their economic standing. In right. other words, our strategy effectively has backfired due to China changing its position, you know, not moving towards pluralism, democracy, freedom of speech, or liberty. Uh, just the opposite. So with that in mind, how, mu- how much, because when I read these articles, when I hear these statements from different, you know, senators and congressmen uh, and, and uh, administration officials, it sounds like uh, the government is looking for some way of being very punitive towards China. Well, I think we're resetting the judgment. You know, you've got people like Joe Biden, our former vice president. China says China's not a rival. They'll right. never beat the United States. Don't worry about them. And then you have those in the national security and economic analysis, and myself included, who say that, look, China has pivoted. They began pivoting about five years ago strongly, and we have to change strategies. So in the House Financial Services Committee, we are now demanding that any country that borrows money from China has to disclose the terms and conditions before they can get a bank from the world, a loan from the World Bank. We are demanding the XM Bank in the United States not finance Chinese exports of 5G around the world. We are uh, changing uh, how we oversee their access to the World Bank as a emerging 
middle-income country. And this is critical on the national security side. Likewise, DOD is much more aggressive than the Obama administration was in keeping the seas open uh, in the South China Sea and demonstrating to China that uh, we are not going to tolerate interference in Taiwan or dominance in Vietnam or uh, trying to take property away from the Philippines or uh, Japan. Now, I I heard that uh, the uh, government, uh, in fact, the uh, the Congress has done a study, and in Wuhan, when this uh, Chinese virus broke out, I mean, they sealed off that city. They they welded doors shut that people couldn't get out of, except that they kept their international airport open and were sending people that they knew were sick to other areas in the world to that's close to almost a uh, a thing where you can say that's almost like a declaration of war against other countries, is it not? Well, look, she again is an authoritarian. What is the biggest problem with authoritarian, non-transparent governments? They lie and they cover up, and they have covered up this failure in Wuhan and their exploitation of this virus, and they've even attempted to put out propaganda by having foreign ministry officials say, oh, oh, well, that's created by the U.S. Army. I mean, this is, um, when they go to that length to cover up their sin, uh, you're going to have ramifications in Europe, Africa, Asia, and the United States and Latin America against China for all the things we just talked about, plus now not standing up, taking responsibility and contributing to the fight against coronavirus. They've done the opposite. Well, so you see things uh, getting tougher for the Chinese and not 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 following the same type of uh, policy we have. That's why it's important to make sure that President Trump gets reelected, as well as you and, and Crawford and Westerman and, and Womack here in the state of Arkansas. Well, we appreciate that. I have, uh, you know, I think this is uncovered and shown to a lot of Americans this pivot, negative pivot in China's relations with other countries around the world. But it's also uncovered our dependency on China from a supply chain. You'll see American business accelerate. They've done it for the past three years, but they're going to accelerate exiting uh, China as a sole source destination. And I've offered legislation to insist on that in medical supplies and medical devices. I don't think America should be dependent on this critical personal protection equipment, medical equipment, or our pharmaceutical supply chain by having key components sourced in only one place, which is a country like China. 